access all areas. Um, the brand new podcast giving you all your nonsense, really. Um, <laughs> my name's Neil, if you don't know who we are. And um, this is our brand new series, Club 92, where we will be speaking to a representative from every football league club, finds out the highs and lows of supporting their club. And due to my co-host, Aids, talking about their love of football shirts too, if they've got any. Um, Aids, how are you this evening, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Excited to get started, especially with this episode. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, uh, this is something that's been uh, in the background for a while now. We're, we're buzzing to get going. This evening, we are joined by Lucy, uh, our resident Bristol Rovers fan, um, and also one of the founders of her game too. Lucy, how are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. And thank you for having me on. I know that today's your first one, so I hope this is the first of a very successful series. Sure it will be. As I said, yeah. bars, well, I've been set here and Neil said, we'll, we'll slowly decline. No, no, we'll, we'll go on to bigger and better things. But yeah, it's, it's brilliant to have you on. <laughs> thank yeah. you. Yeah, and, and we, we wanted to start with a bang, obviously. Uh, we'll touch on the Her Game 2 stuff uh, in a bit, but, you know, obviously it's something that's really, really prominent at the minute and something that we really want to get behind as well. So uh, look forward to speaking about that. But the main reason that we've got you this evening, Luce, is to talk about your love of Bristol Rovers. <laughs> yes, yes, I am a big <laughs> Bristol Rovers fan. Where do I start with them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I guess we can go back to uh, probably almost 25 years ago. Um, so I was born just before Euro 96 which kind of gives away my age and um this i've always found this quite funny because when my mom told me this i just laugh so i would say a couple of weeks old you're a 96 son um my mom was obviously looking after me my dad was working my dad came home from work my mom went off for like a bath or a nap um she came down and she said oh is, is lucy okay she seems quite quiet and said oh yeah she's just watching the football and he was sat with me <laughs> with euros on I, I promise you this is true and i was quiet as anything and my eyes were fixed on the tv and she and she said to me after like a few years later she said i should have known you were gonna love football from that moment <laughs> that's, that's quality already <laughs> yeah so that, i mean that is a crazy story and yeah so in my family um i come from a family of gas heads um dating all the way back to my granddad whose first match was in March 1950 at our wow. old ground Eastfall he was taken by his granddad um when we played Millwall and we won 2-0 um my dad has been going since like the 70s um and I mean I, even like growing up I wasn't obviously watching football too much as like a young mm-hmm. youngster um but I also kind of remember having like an old shirt from like the late 90s early 2000s um, like a rover shirt and I used to wear it as a <laughs> as a night dress and I'm sure there's pictures <laughs> of me wearing this this night dress um and yeah and then I guess we can kind of fast forward about 10 10 years later um summer of 2006 so I'm only about 10 years old at this point obviously you know World Cup was on in Germany um my dad kind of worked for a German-based company and I was kind of watching it on TV um Euro 2004 and World Cup uh, 2006 kind of like the first kind of international tournaments I remember watching as a kid um but in that summer my parents had attended some ball and on, on the raffle they kind of had this these my dad won tickets for this kiddie farm and me and my younger sister who who was in a football fan I'm gonna put this out there she's not a football fan <laughs> um we were kind of a little bit older than that and then a guy had come up to my dad and said oh I've got quite young children who'd appreciate this but I'm not a football fan I don't like football would you mind swapping and he said yeah so my dad had two tickets to go and watch the Rovers match 
though he asked me oh, would I like to come along and I said yes and off we went so this was August 2006 um we were at the Mem and Rovers played Shrewsbury Town and we I could tell you everything about the game I could tell you you know <laughs> we won one nil I could tell you who scored it was a guy called um Lewis Haldane and from that moment I was hooked I mean I only went to a couple more games that season um the the next two were going to make me sound like a glory hunter, but I promise you I wasn't. <laughs> so, the, so the next one was August 2007, so the same season. And Rovers had got into the Johnson Paint Trophy final. We had just beaten Bristol City over an area final. Oh, two legs. Really yeah, very good. Um, Ricky Lambert, who I promise you will pop up a number of times <laughs> in this competition, <laughs> scored an absolute screamer in the second leg at home. And when we won 1-0, we drew... Uh, nil nil at Ashton Gate. Um, so yeah, so we went. To, we played over in Cardiff um, against Doncaster Rovers, um, and me and my dad and my uncle and my cousin. Um, we went over. We drove drove over to Cardiff, and there was like thirty thirty five thousand gas ads over there. Wow. And the atmosphere was electric. Like it was just a sea of blue and white, just travelling mm. over the bridge. Because obviously from Bristol yeah, to Cardiff, it's yeah. only yeah. about an hour away, and just everything. I remember everything about the the day. Um, unfortunately, we lost that game 3-2 and we were actually 2-0 down inside five minutes. Oh. Um, but we came back in the second half and we, we came back in the second half and we actually took it to extra time, uh, 2-2. And I remember, this always sticks in my head and this is a memory that makes me laugh. It's, well, obviously, when we get 2-2, obviously, everyone's celebrating. Our fans started singing, like, 2-0 um, down and you, you know, you can fill in the blanks. <laughs> um, it up. And my dad covered my ears. Um, and after I said, Dad, why did you cover my ears? Like, what were they singing? I said, Oh, it's like, Oh, two no down, and they messed up. I was like, Oh, okay. You know, it's a naive, like, 10 year old. Innocence of you. Yeah. Innocence of you. So I said, Okay. And then, like, got on with, like, obviously shouting and whatever. And I could, I, I remember him, like, looking at the guy next to him, <laughs> next to us, obviously, like, saying, No, like, it's not what they were singing. Don't tell him what they said. Don't tell him what they said. Yeah. <laughs> obviously we lost an extra time but still even though we lost it was such an incredible day out yeah and then seven weeks later we actually got into the the league two playoff final and this was at new Wembley so this is the first yeah. playoff final at Wembley and there we took 40,000 gas ads to Wembley didn't know there was that many <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've got, we've, got, we've got a good fan base um, yeah so we went to we went to new Wembley and we won through one Funnily enough, against Shrewsbury Town. And full circle. Full, full circle. circle. Full circle, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and then, yeah, so we scored. We went, funnily enough, we went 1-0 down after a couple of minutes. We got back to 2-1 by half time. Uh, Richard Walker scored two goals. The second one is one of the best goals I've ever seen. Like, he literally dinks <laughs> the keeper from about 25, 30 yards, like, oh, on the left-hand side, flips over. If, if it was in the Premier League, people would have been going nuts oh, about it because yeah. it was quality. Um, and then, yeah, and then we secured the win by a 90th minute goal. So everyone's up for a corner, including Shrewsbury's keeper. It flicks out to a young, not young because he's kind of like mid 20s at that point, but he was little. So he was a little winger called Sammy Igo, and he runs the length of Wembley pitch from the Shrewsbury end to where the Rovers fans are. He runs, he shoots. For, uh, shoots 
and it and it's rolling in the goal, rolling oh, the goal, and you slow can motion. literally Tense slow moment. motion. And you can see the fans like literally like this, like, and it hits the back of the net, and I promise you, it's pandemonium. And yeah, and obviously did it actually hit the back of the net though, and just just trickle hit, across the line? It literally trickled across the line, but it went across the line. It was just mental, and yeah, so we got up to. League One, and then yeah, the next season, um, my my grandparents started to go more. Like my granddad had um, re- retired in that kind of summer, I think, from being a postie, and obviously he like loved Rovers, mm. so I started to go with him a bit more. Um, yeah, and even that season, we 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 got to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Um, we beat Southampton at home. We beat Fulham on a replay. We actually. I didn't attend this match, but we played Fulham in the third round, um, and we drew up there two-two. And there's a video of one of the goals. Um, I think it was. I think we went. I can't remember if we went two-one up or equalised. I think we went two-one up, and it was down our end. And we literally took seven thousand people to Fulham. Wow. And the state of the away end when that goal goes in was just. Yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's really where it all started and then from there I just started going more Um, I got my first my grandparents bought me my first season ticket on my 16th birthday and yes I cried which I know sounds really sad <laughs> but it was just such a like it was such a moment for me because even like when I was like young like in secondary school like I wouldn't go to many night games because of like school and mm. um, so the time I got my first season ticket I was like oh like it's amazing like I was so excited and yeah I've gone to I don't I actually don't haven't kept, kept track of how many grounds I've done um but I've I've definitely done a few obviously I've done the Rico a couple of times um but yeah I guess that's kind of my story of how I came into Rovers but I'm sure there's there's probably multiple stories I could say <laughs> and, you've, and you've probably and you've smashed all our questions out of her and that's that's the pod done thanks <laughs> yeah I was gonna say um <laughs> If we would have wrote down questions, I think you probably would have ticked every single yeah. box there. But there's so many comparisons that I can, as you're talking in my head, I'm, I'm going, yeah, I can, I can tell you everything about my first game. I remember the, the smell of the hot dogs. I remember the walk up to the pitch, like all of it. Um, even a bit about hearing the swearing in the songs. So at Highfield Road, Cobb's Old Ground, they used to have the McDonald's family stand, which is where I sat for my first game. That goes back, that does mine. Yeah, but it was directly above, well. directly above the West Terrace, which is where the hardcore sat. So the hardcore fans are singing and swearing, and you're sat above them. Um, <laughs> don't know who planned that. But yeah, there, there, there were so many comparisons. You talk about the Checker Trade Trophy final, um, which we got into uh, when we were in League One, League Two playoffs. We, you know, we got into, you've mentioned, you had that in one season, whereas we had it over two consecutive seasons and it was two of the best days supporting Cobb. Um, I've got to ask the controversial question. Was there ever a possibility you were going to be a City fan? Don't worry. Absolutely not. (laughs) Just not a chance in hell. I mean, literally, you could probably cut me open and I would bleed blue blood. Like, Like I said, like, we go back not just my generation, not my dad's generation, not even my granddad's generation. He was taken by his granddad. So we yeah. are going back probably from the very, like, very, the very start. early, like the very start. And I love that. I love, yeah. I love the fact you've gone all the way back like that. So I think even with my lot, and I think it's probably the same with Cov, right? And I've, I've got my lot now, and I know, Neil, your, your little one's going to be a Cov fan regardless because it's going to be a oh, she, she hasn't got a choice. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's when you look at it and think like that, I think, oh, it's really good how that's flowed through because nowadays you look at it and I'll I'll look at my I always use my brother as an analogist. My brother's older than me and I'm ancient. Um but he's he's somehow a Chelsea fan and his lads are a Chelsea fan. And I don't I never understand that. I was like, How are you a Chelsea fan? It's like you've got no family connections at all, yeah. You're a Chelsea fan and now your lads are a Chelsea fans. It's like it's ridiculous, it's shit. Why are you not cough fans? But hearing that story there about what you've done for generations and how it's gone, it's just, yeah, it's brilliant to hear that's flowed through because it's, uh, hopefully it never gets lost. Obviously, you'll get that ingrained into to the rest of the family if you have, a, if you have kids like that and it gets trickled through because it's, it's amazing having that feeling taking your kids to that first game as well. And I know I've done it. I've so, done it, yeah. I, I, no, I took my lad to Birmingham City as his first games and it was, yeah, because we were playing at Birmingham and it's horrible, right? But he, he went back this season, so we've taken back to the Rico CBS now and to see him now, joining in the songs and getting what Neil said, what you've talked to Paul Luce about, hearing those songs. And it's, it's all coming back to me as when I was first there, was, what was it, the Black and White? Not, yeah, yeah, 1993 when my first game was. Um, yeah, cheers. Thanks a lot. Um, to, be, yeah. to be fair, my my first game was '96, so I'm feeling always feeling old when you were talking yeah. to this. But God knows what Aiden's feeling. I was like biting my tongue. Oh my God! Oh, how old am I? <laughs> I apologize for making you feel old. No, but yeah, no, literally, it's, it's like you—that's the thing. You you literally just get the bug for it, and I just think once it's in you, it just doesn't go. And I, I, mm. I and I, that's the thing. I, I couldn't even imagine myself supporting anybody else. Like my life. It, without football, like my life would have probably taken such a different path, yeah. and it's it's had such an impact on my life for like so many different reasons, mm-hmm. and yeah, like I just just can't even imagine without it, like especially like well, it's obviously lockdown when we, you know, every Saturday was, you know, you'd work or you, you know, I wasn't working for a bit of lockdown, but and you know you get to Saturday and you look forward to Saturdays normally, you're like, oh, you're like going to football or you go away or, and I hated it I felt so lost it was horrible like, I felt like I was just sat there like what do I do with myself yeah like, the, was, this this is what other people do on Saturdays when we're at football it was it was so surreal and then you had the I follow season oh. Oh. I mean that it, was it, it was, it was at the same time yeah like... yeah I was glad like to you know yeah we had football back but it still wasn't enough for me. Mm. I wanted to be there. I wanted to be cheering them on, especially because we were doing some rubbish. I wanted <laughs> to be, <laughs> surprisingly enough, I, you know, I wanted to be there. I wanted to, you know, be in the ground. I watched it, you know, shout, but be with my friends and my, my family as well. And, you know, enjoy it together like we have been doing for years. So when, and then obviously when lockdown was kind of easing, like I was kind of watching games on iFollow at my friend's house. So we could kind of watch it together so we could get like a little bit more normality. Yeah. Or there were times where we'd have, it was like one of our friend's birthdays and we like to play, play a game called um, Jeff Stalin's drinking game, which I can tell you is chaotic. <laughs> chaotic is a good word, but yeah. Um, and then we we did it on Zoom for FA Cup Day last last November. And as much as it was brilliant and fun, and you know, we all see each other and we drink in, and we had Sky Sports on, like on our other kind of screens. It was still bizarre because I was like, I'm sat in my parents' bedroom talking yeah. to my friends via a screen, yeah. watching the screen, drinking at home. <laughs> but it, it was still fun. Like, of course, we still have fun, but it was still like, yeah. I never thought my my fun would be coming on Zoom. Yeah, yeah. you just missed it, don't you? You just oh, you miss that. You missed that normality, and it wasn't, and it was like that routine. Like everyone's got their 
uh, some people are more superstitious than others, but you have a routine. So, you know, you go to the same pub or you meet the same people and get in the ground at you know, whatever time you might do this after you might do that after. But, you know, it's that, you know, it's that Saturday routine. And from August to May, that's literally like your life. And it's like I say to people, it's like, do not schedule me to anything other than football between August to May because you just won't find me anywhere. <laughs> you just, I, have, I, I have mates that you cannot get hold of literally cannot get hold of in that time frame because like you say it's it's that routine we've done it since we were 10 12 years old pretty much if not younger for some of us and you just go and, and that's what got me like i'd sit with i follow my wife and my daughter would be in the room and she's like yeah but neil it's what you get to involved for and i'm like you, you don't understand my what my wife doesn't like football and i'm just like she doesn't understand how passionate i get and the fact that all I want to do is sit here and watch it and just kind of be involved. And I think that's why every, this season with us being back to games, every away game come up, she's gone, go, just make sure you've, you've gone. Um, purely, I think she just, she's fed up with me watching it at home, shouting more than anything. Um, Kicking the cushions around like I've been doing. Yeah, I, I, exactly I think that especially one. with like COVID and like things that have happened, like even to me personally, I felt like, especially this season, like I wanted to make the most of it 100%. so much. Like, so basically, my my granddad actually passed away in April this year. Um, he was, nice. yeah, he had um, he had cancer. So obviously, going back to the games was obviously very very difficult yeah. because a person that I'd spend spent you know a, got ten oh, almost fifteen years of my life watching games with was no longer there, and I couldn't you know ring him after every game. I couldn't you know. Or it'd be silly things. So we we oh, signed someone and I'd text them to say, Oh, we signed someone so today. From Coventry. Yeah. <laughs> from Coventry, yeah. The last probably yeah, the last few were probably were from Coventry. Um Zane Westbrook is one that sticks to my head. Um and then we're like I'd text him and I'd be like, Oh, we've signed so and so and then, you know, we'd bring and talk about it or every game because I, I used to live away. I lived in I went to university in Plymouth and then I did a placement near Manchester and then I worked in Manchester for about 18 months so I wasn't going to mm. all the home games for a couple of years so obviously I'd ring on a Sunday and we'd chat because yeah, you still have a season ticket up until the season the 2019-2020 season was cut out, he was still yeah. going yeah. Um, wow. doing home and away like up and up literally until that point where it kind of stopped um, which is incredible really um, but yeah and it's just like things like that where, where you know you get like that's the thing that like you do kind of miss that you miss that person where you, like he, he I mean his knowledge about football surpassed surpassed anyone that I ever knew yeah. just so so passionate but so wise as well and I think he's kind of passed it on to me because I used to get a bit like you know a bit frustrated and annoyed and a bit grumpy when he lost the game but my mom said I definitely think you've kind of you've kind of lost that kind of not obviously I still get a bit annoyed when we lose but not that sort of like take it to heart as much anymore because you know some you know we all get frustrated and things but I'm not as bad as I was I can deal with <laughs> defeats a bit more now but in a weird way it's kind of it's kind of like not not, not like a graduation per se but um I got to like I've got like some really really good friend, friends now for watching Rovers and this year it's kind of like a new routine so I'm going with them yeah. and, my, and like those friends are going to the pub or going to do this and that after like you know, away games, like we go together. Obviously, there's obviously times where I'm going with my dad as well, which is obviously I really enjoy. But in a weird way, I like I think that he would 
he would want me to do that because you know I'm mid twenties yeah. now. Yeah. Um, but obviously, I still you know I I take his support everywhere with me, and I you know I've obviously bought a season ticket, and I wanted you know of course it was like carry on the support, and obviously I felt like I have a bigger reason to support because of him. Yeah. Um, quick, quick question: is, is a little bit of memorabilia that you've taken from him that you take to games out of interest? Is there something um, that would have done? So there's nothing that I take that I've like I take two games with me. Um, but I do have a shirt of his. Um, it's this I find a really strange coincidence. So there was an away shirt from I think it's ninety two ninety three, and it's green and yellow quarters, and it was his favourite ever away shirt. He just loved this shirt, and I, and I, I can't. I've been, I've said I was saying to someone, one of my friends for like a while. I was like, I really like this retro shirt. Like I want to, but and people were like, oh, you know, it's like really expensive. I said, you won't be able to find it anywhere. Anyway, it was like the, the morning he passed away, and you know we, we like people kind of like my cousins were there, my family there, and we were looking at shirts and stuff. Um, they, my cousin Liam, he was looking at shirts, and he brought down. I said, I think you'd want this, and he gave it to me. It was that shirt, and I said, Oh my god, wow. like, I didn't know he this exi- like he had this in his possession. And fast forward, uh, three three months later, and our Rover shirts come up this year. And the home shirt was based kind of on like the 99, 2001 shirt. So the one, the very mm-hmm. first shirt that he bought me. And the away shirt is based on that. It's green and yellow quarters. Wow. And I saw it and I had goosebumps. I, I was like, I just got goosebumps when you say that. I'm not going to lie. It's, it, and I was just like, but it was, it was kind of a little bit bittersweet because I was like, God, he would love that shirt. It was like, I was like, oh, but then in a weird way, I was like, yeah, it's, uh, but I've got, so I've obviously I've got that proper shirt like the this year's shirt and i obviously wear it when i go to like away games and stuff but i have that shirt i've got it like hung in my room like by mm, my wardrobe nice, so i, I look nice. at, i like just to look at it i haven't put it on yet because obviously it's still yeah quite difficult to wear but i think of course there's a point coming up quite soon i think next month is kind of um football shirt friday and it's for um they do it every year and it's for uh, bowel cancer like Bobby Moore fund and yeah. I'm I might might put it on that day um it's kind of a weird coincidence that both him my nan so his wife and my dad um thankfully my, na- my nan and my dad are all clear now all had the same all had bowel cancer as well so it's kind mm. of like it feels quite fitting quite fit to, in, yeah. to wear that one as like for him as well as obviously you know raising awareness for an obviously important charity yeah. Sorry, I've come really, really deep. No, 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 no it's great. No, the, the, thank you for answering so honestly. And, uh, I could probably be quite upset. So you know, if if I have stirred those, I apologise. It wasn't meant. No, that no, way. no. It was, it was, it was, like, it was kind of nice to talk about because I don't think I've ever talked about that shirt to mm. anyone or that story. So yeah, thanks. And, and again, you kind of answered one of the questions that I had in my head. I was going to ask what your thoughts on the current season shirts were. Um, so <laughs> you, you've kind of gone with that. But to touch on football shirts, obviously, me and Aids both love our shirts. Aids a bit more um, than myself. We won't talk about Aids's collection um, because it's embarrassing for a grown man to own that many football shirts, um, especially Bayern Munich ones. But that's on the grass. Obviously, Rovers are quite iconic in the fact they have the blue and white, normally quarters sort of thing. How does it feel as a fan? Because obviously every year you pretty much know what your shirt's going to look like every year. Is there any time where you just kind of want them to mix it up a little bit and kind of 
try something a little bit funky, or is, or are you a traditionalist? You think now, blue and white quarters is what we're known for. That's what we want. Just give it, just 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 keep it traditional. No, I definitely think I'm a bit traditionalist when it comes to the shirt, just because we are <laughs> we are quite iconic. Like we're known, we're you know we're Bristol Rovers. We're known for being white quarters, and I think it'd be weird to change it. Like I don't think I'd like it. That's um, right. Which no, of course, <laughs> no, no, no. But it's but it's kind of. In a weird way, it's stupid because I buy it every year anyway. I've mm. got, since I was probably literally about like 10, 11, I have pretty much every Rover shirt from since I was, obviously in different sizes. Like the last few years, we've all kind of been like adult sizes. But literally, I said, why do I buy the blue and white shirts? But it's kind of, it's funny because I actually had a look at them. I was looking through my shirts the other week, a uh, few, few weeks ago. And it's quite funny when you look at, how when you get to a certain age you kind of stop having players in the back but then from the point of say like 11 12 so i was like 13 14 i noticed they had the same player on the back i was like ricky lambert yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, 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 i could understand why let's be honest uh, <laughs> yeah. he, he, to be fair cool i have hero. a really really good story about why he's my favorite player we're going to ask you straight away to dog you that one <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's actually this is also kind of a weird thing because it's kind of 13 years on Monday it was so on the 25th of October so this is going to make me sound really sad so when I was yeah so it was October 2008 and Rovers played South End United in a League One game and a few weeks before I obviously as a kid you, you know you part of like the young pirates or the young I don't know. Young Yeah, so at Rovers, it's Young Pirates. And I was part of that. And every week, I put myself into, you know, a draw to be a mascot. Anyway, one day, on Sunday evening, I get a phone call to say, oh, you've been you've been chosen. You've come out the draw. I was amazing. Like, amazing. It's like going to be for the South End game on Saturday, 25th of October. Blah, blah, blah. Like, you'll have, like, your shirt. You'll get to meet all the players, you know, full kit. Um, so I was, you know, dead excited. Um, and yeah, so the night, the day before, so on the Friday, uh, I think I had to go and I had braces at the time, you know, as a young kid. And I actually got them changed to be blue. <laughs> oh, that's blue. brilliant. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, that commitment. Yeah, so I had the full kit, blue braces, and my hair done. You know, I was a cool kid. I, I've actually probably got a picture on my phone of what I looked like. <laughs> So it's quite funny to look back at now. Anyway, so met all the players in the in the changing room at Lambert, Matt, Paul Trollope, the manager at the time. Even put like the mascot's head on. Why I don't know why, because it just smells sweat. Um <laughs> yeah, but it was it was amazing. So all my family's there, even my mum. My mum had obviously gone to football with my my granddad, like growing up, but she wasn't like too big of a fan, but that was kinda of like, the first one she came to bar the Wembley game for like a little mm. while. And you know, got to kick the ball around on the pitch, and and yeah, and by half time we were three 0 up, and Lambert scored a hat trick. Yeah, banging. Good. Um, in the end we won four uh, two. Lambert scored all four goals. He was only the second ever player to score all four goals at home, and the only other player to do that was Jeff Bradford, who was my granddad's favourite player. He played for um, Rovers throughout his whole career. He even played for England and actually scored scored for England, funny enough, like Lambert did. Um obviously not when he was with Rovers obviously. <laughs> um and yeah and then I was at the um 
at the, like the young pirates christmas party like a couple of months later and i went up to him and said oh like, obviously i had a picture done for some reason i was quite confident as a 12 year old i said oh i was mascot when rolling you up <laughs> rolling up like oh hi i, I was mascot when, yes, you, when you scored all four goals against it was like oh you have to be mascot every week like joking around and in my head i was like go on it's my time it's destiny it's my time. Yeah, um, and yeah, and obviously when he left, I was, you know, I was pretty, well, I was really gutted. And my mum said something to me at the time that always resonated with me. She said, you know, obviously I know you're sad that he's like left Rovers, but you know you can always follow his career. And that always stuck with me because after that, even though obviously he didn't play for Rovers, like, I always kind of thought, never went to like, another one of his games where he was playing except against Rovers. But I kind of like saw I was doing it at Southampton. I was so pleased he did well, and when he scored for England on his debut, like yeah, did shed, shed a tear that day. But then I was seventeen, so I can I can allow that. Um, it was just because it was like, especially in school, like I used to get like a bit of stick for being like a Rovers fan and a Lambert fan, obviously being a girl as well. And I was like, oh, like put him out to something, and I'm out to something. And when he scored for England, I was just like, there you go, justified. Boom. justified um and i was quite lucky because um in 2000 and i think now what year it was uh, 2000 i think it was like 19 they did this thing at Rovers. it was um supported by the supporters it's called like the toe end boys night which is basically at eastville one of the ends was called toe end and he was invited as one of the guests and um, like special guests there like players from like the 90s and the 80s yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. so my dad was so I said, Dad's like, please, can we go? Like, I need to meet him again. <laughs> um, and so I went, and then I saw him like across the room, and I was like, Dad, I don't think I could go up to him. Like, I'm really nervous. So, so I didn't walk up to him like that 12-year-old and say, guess no. what, when I was... <laughs> <laughs> no. I, was like, I was like, Dad, you're going to have to go first. I was, I was like almost 23 at this point, and I was like, I felt like I was 12 again inside because I was like, this is like my, my hero. Like, this is my my hero as a kid, like a... I was like, and so dad went up to him and, and said, oh, hi, like, you know, thanks for everything done at Rovers. And then it's like, oh, this is Lucy. It's like, oh, look, she oh, was mascot when, when I got brought up again. again. <laughs> <laughs> There's like when self, when you played South End and scored all four goals, he said, oh, God, he said, I remember that. I said, God, I was like, I look very different to that. And it's like, I have not aged well. It's like, you had a beard. And it was like, I was like, I was like, oh, well, it's fine. Yeah, I've got rid of the braces. Um, We're all right. But, yeah. He, but then, and then he was, yeah, it was just so lovely. It was literally like me in, like my hero again, and had a picture taken, and then like I compared the both, and it was just, yeah, it was so, just an amazing, amazing night. I mean, I, I saw him again recently. He was at a, playing a charity game, and I, I didn't talk to him too much that time, and just had the picture. But he, is that because of the restraining him. order? Or, uh... <laughs> no, no, Hello. no. Hello. <laughs> That's a cracking story as well, though, because I've always wanted to do something. I mean, I'd still happily be a mascot now and go out and get it. <laughs> You're the right choice for AD. You can get away with it. I am a Diddy person. I must have been at half point, as Neil calls me. I'm, I'm a Diddy. I'm a Diddy man. That's what I sit and fill the screen. I feel great because I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm about five foot two um, uh, in reality. But I'd, 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 love, I'd love to go a mascot still. I'd like, I've seen those like when lads are going to stag do and they give them like, Paris, be, oh, I'm loving this. It'd be great. Like, yeah, the best yes. Yeah, if long as you get the kit as well and have a name on their back, I'll <laughs> Do you know what I mentioned about mascots? I've had my daughter on the list since she was born because of COVID, the flight kind of stopped them. And it's like, 
Ben Sheeple are left by the time that she's going to be here. Here we go. Here we go to this Ben Sheeple. Ben Sheeple's my favourite player at the minute. Um, I'll, I'll get a bit of stick for it because he's prone to a mistake or two. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm a bit good by that. But we've got to talk about Rovers' current season. Um, obviously, things aren't the best. Um, nope. And, and, and you didn't, you didn't, you, you didn't go there. You didn't go there. Oh, she says with a season ticket and going yeah. to Harrogate on Saturday. Ooh, oh, good trip that. Yeah, we're, going, we're going. It's one of our friends' birthdays. Um, uh, our friend Chris. Um, so we've got a few of us going up, and we're actually spending the weekend in. Leeds. So great night. Yeah, it is a good night out. So we're going to spend Friday and Saturday in Leeds. Um, awesome. Saturday, we may or may not be going. Well. I say me, me, may or may not be going Halloween. It's basically just me and Kaz dressing up in Halloween. <laughs> you know, the boys being stingy and like, no, we're not dressed up as Halloween. I'm like, it's Halloween. You've, you've got, got to. You've got to. You've got to. It's like, you've got to look stupid. See, we've got Holloway this weekend. I've tried to say to a few lads, should we go Halloween, fancy dress? And they're like, no, you go fancy dress every week. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, cheers for that. Um, so, so, so we've touched on the, the season not being great. What were your expectations coming into the season and kind of where you are now? So obviously last season was just dreadful. Um, just going from... So I guess the problems really started last summer. So... Well, well, no, actually, I've go back a bit further. So Coughlin... We had Coughlin, Graham Coughlin, I should say, who we, at that point, at the season, it was kind of like December 2019, and we were fourth. We just beat Ipswich away, so a pretty decent team, fourth in the league, and we were flying. We were all, I, I wasn't in attendance, but I had friends there, and they said everyone was bouncing out the ground. I'm so happy. I was out in, I was out in Manchester at the time, um, and I was kind of watching Sky Sports with my friends for Man City were playing. Loads of my friends who live in Manchester were all Man City fans. Um, and and yeah, so I was like, oh, this is great. And then about an hour later, I was like, my dad had rang me. I think he was at some like charity fishing match. Um, and he was like, have you heard what Coughlin said on the radio? I said, no. Like, well, is he not happy with the result or something? Like, no, I think he's leaving. I was like, oh, no, you're having me on. He's like, no, no, I genuinely think he's leaving. And basically, he just wasn't happy. Like, but what it was is he got scouted by Mansfield. So he left that weekend to sign for Mansfield, which is closer to his home, which is, you know, in his rights to do. And But we were, like, totally shocked because he took over from Dale Clark, who was our best mm-hmm. manager, well, probably the best manager I've seen anyway. Um, so he took over for the year. He took over from an interim point the December 4, got the permanent job in January, and then stayed until the following December, and obviously left. So I was really shocked to me... Um, then we played, I think we played Wimbledon. We were ha- at half time, we were 1 0 up. And at that point, we were second in the league. Then we lost that game, and Ben Garner came in, who was um, Crystal Palace kind of under 23s kind of coach. Mm-hmm. He, ben Garner wasn't a bad lad at all. He, for me, he felt like more of a coach than a manager. Yeah. And we weren't, we didn't, weren't really doing very well anyway in that December to March point before the season stopped. Um, well, obviously, season being cartel we were predict we basically 14th um so i was like well you know that is what it is like we weren't doing well anyway after the season kind of that point of the season um 
we obviously we had Clark Harris who was scoring the goals, but really we weren't doing much. And we won against Sunderland. That was our very last game. We played Sunderland at home. We won two 0 Probably kind of boosted up the table a little bit. Um, and obviously that season stopped. That was it. So then in the summer, I kind of got rid of some more experienced players. Like, uh, Tony Craig, for example, who was our mm-hmm. central defender, rock from Millwall. I, I loved Tony Craig. He was just that hard, sensible lead at the back. And he was kind of kind of coaching through a young lad that we had, Alfie Kilgore as well, kind of came yeah. from like youth, kind of early 20s. And I just, he was one of our, one of my favourite players, Tony Craig. And when we got rid of him, I was absolutely gutted. So I said, I feel like he's got another year in him, especially at that level. Um, obviously, Ben felt otherwise, got rid of him. And then he also got rid of Ollie Clark, who, again, another lad who'd been at Rovers through the academy for numerous years. He went to, did he go to, he went to Mansfield with Graham. Um, and I was, yeah, I was gutted about that. Um, obviously, Johnson then got snapped up by Peterborough understandably I didn't really hold any grudges towards that because I expected him to go because he was firing on all cylinders for the last kind of couple of years kept us up it's doing well um obviously then when um but we kind of brought in a lot of younger players I don't I never felt we've replaced Johnson and we kind of got brought mm. in a lot of younger players obviously younger players are good but when you don't have the balance it's kind of yep. not great yeah we've been there as City fans yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, I think the season we got relegated from League One, we, we did the same thing. Yeah. We let John Fleck, James Madison, uh, Jim O'Brien, you know, players like that go and played academy players and they just, they just weren't ready. Sort of thing. They didn't have much League One experience. Yeah. So yeah. he, I think fans during kind of summer felt like he was either going to get sacked in the summer or we kind of had to give him until January. He sacked him in in the in the autumn, around this time last last yeah. year, so Ben went and I was like, kind of, I could kind of see it, but I thought they might have given mm-hmm. him a little bit more time. Then we brought in Tistel. Obviously, none of these players were Tistel's players. Yeah. He kind of was literally just dealing with the lads that I don't I don't think it kind of was working out very well. Um, I don't think the lads really took to him. To, to, to his tactics he only brought in like one or two players I think he brought in George Williams but obviously what we were desperately needed was a striker and we all knew I mean every single fan watching knew that we needed a striker and we were going for James Stockley who then went to Charlton yeah yeah. we didn't recruit a striker so our fate was almost sealed at that point uh, he went in February and that's obviously when Joey came in um, obviously <clears throat> kind of like ripped up the kind of proverbial paper as you could kind of imagine it was like obviously kind of slagged off Garner, slagged off Tistel. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's very own way of doing things. No, Joey wouldn't have said anything <laughs> like that surely. Yeah, so yeah, Joey has the same way of doing things, was like you know these aren't my players, I'm just dealing with what I've got and I could kind of see that point of view. I did kind of get it because I'm like, well, you know, you haven't brought these players in. Um, and, yeah, obviously we finished bottom of the league. It was rubbish. Um, and I was like, well, do you want start again next season? Clean slate, yeah. Clean slate, you know, get a few players in, ship out some other ones. Obviously, there was a massive turnover of players in the summer, a massive. And that can kind of go two ways. Um, you know, obviously, sometimes you do need to get a new squad in 
gel everyone together and, and it does take time but you know when you're constantly kind of turning over I think someone said since I can't remember if it's since Coughlin came in or since Coughlin left we've got like we've had like 50 or 60 players which is a massive amount a, a massive amount but when obviously when Barton came in originally obviously this history is you know you can read about it on Wikipedia I was like right I was surprised and I thought right, I'll give him a shot as a foot like, I'm gonna judge him on what he does as a manager yeah. which I thought was a fair deal obviously things happened in the summer which were not great um, and then obviously we start the season we always lose opening day we always lose on opening day I don't think we, we've won once on opening day in something like 11 years and that was at Wimbledon um, when, when AFC Wimbledon came up yeah. into the in league two mm-hmm. um, but yeah so we lost on the opening day like we really up until Carlisle we had won we hadn't we'd won the games we won we'd only won, won by a goal we hadn't won away until Walsall for almost a year um and yeah and it's just it just feels like the same problems but Mm. and that's thing as a fan it's frustrating and obviously you know there's stuff going on off the off the pitch which obviously us fans kind of are very very aware of and I think you know it's kind of the summer caused a massive divide I think there are fans that don't attend because of what happened in the summer I think everyone's in their right to make their decisions I would never say to someone that you should go because yeah. you know I wouldn't say if someone said to me that I shouldn't go I think that's unfair as well but you know I I let people make their own decisions but I think if I'm honest I think Joe, Joey's on very very borrowed time but especially <laughs> after his recent comments yeah, yeah yeah which I mean you know I, I just felt were disgusting to be honest yeah 100%. I, I'm not myself I'm not Jewish but I I really kind of have a lot of empathy for any of our fans who are Jewish because hearing that kind of made yeah. me feel quite sick. And 100%. even though we were, of course, we were frustrated with the result, like any other fan was, we were all kind of annoyed because we lost. We lost to a local team. It was just, you, to use that as an analogy, I thought was totally and highly inappropriate. Just 100%. And, just doesn't engage the brain if he's got one, does it? Mm. And also, I was, I was disappointed in the club as well because, you know, we're supposed to be an inclusive club, you know, We've, we've been trying to do that you know our community trust I must say are excellent I know Adam and Matt who kind of co-chairs obviously the, the women's team and they do an incredible incredible job um, they've been amazing especially with obviously our campaign as well and it just reflects badly on them because the community trusts are really the heart of the club mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. hearing that is just so and it's obviously you know, it's not they shouldn't have to come out and apologise because it's got yeah. nothing to do with them. But it drives them down unfairly yeah. when they've not done it, anything wrong. And it's kind of guilt by association, isn't it? Yeah, and it paints mm. everyone else in a bad light. But I do feel like both the club and Joey have to come out and apologise if they, because it's by not saying anything, you're you're saying something. That's how I yeah. felt anyway. Yeah, I agree. I I, yeah. I I don't actually personally listen to Joey's interviews. I I just I, to be honest, I just don't. I I I'm not not I'm not interested in what he's got to say. It's just as a fan, I'm kind of like I feel like I want to distance myself from him and yeah. what he says because even though yes, he's a manager of the club, I feel like I'm supporting the players and not yeah. him personally at the moment. Um and and yeah, I just think it's kind of I would say 
90, 85%, 90% probably want him to go now. Um, and I, I'm definitely on that side of the camp, even though obviously in my head I'm thinking, oh God, it's another manager. It's going to be three ma- permanent managers gone in 12 months. But I think you've kind of got to look at the bigger picture. It's the right move, isn't it, to, to get rid of somebody that's going to be that, that volatile character that could yeah. be... To and dam- and, and that's yeah. the thing, you don't want to have your reputation, like the no. club's reputation damaged. They spent so hard to work on over a number of numerous years. And that's the thing, because fans are turning away and some fans aren't attending, like that's, that could become like irreconcilable damage. And the fans don't have a club, do so. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's thing, managers come and go, players come and go, but the fans are always there. And that's it. Yeah. That's what I, I and that's the thing, it's like when people are saying, Oh, should like people are saying oh, people shouldn't go, people should go. I was like, everyone should be able to make their own decision. But I always remember that we were here before Joe Barton, I will be here way after yeah, Joe Barton. Joe Barton. And, and that's 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 yeah, the way well I kind of see it. We, we we had the same thing, didn't we, Eddie, with the the move to Northampton, then the move to Birmingham, and it was oh you shouldn't put money in the club's coffers because the owners don't care and X Y Z, and it was and, and do you know what I, I home hands I didn't go to Northampton, I was I, I made that stance, yeah. but then when St Andrews come around, it was I'm not missing another season of football, like you know I I'll I'll sort that up and I'll deal with that sort of internal turmoil, um, which. It's kind of good I mentioned Cov there because one thing we do like to do is we like, we like to look at our guest clubs uh, and see notable players that have played for both. Now, with yourselves, the, <laughs> the list is pretty endless at the moment. Um, it really is, isn't it? I, I, I mean, just, Tommy Rivington is basically like oh, a, yeah, little bit, a little bit of a spy for... Like, He's a mole, isn't he? He is a mole, yeah. I mean... I, I can tell you now, not Joey's best friend from what you've yeah, been doing. I, I not Joey's yeah. best friend. They do not get on very well. Um, from Should anybody get on with him, though? Yeah, I, know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, think, I think it's too... Because I can... I don't, obviously, I don't, I don't know Tommy, but he seems like quite a big personality. And obviously, Joey, mm. Joey's not, not quite a personality at all. <laughs> so okay, it's hardly a shrinking violet, is he? No, uh, <laughs> so you've got Joey and Tommy, and it's just like, oh, yeah, big old... Um, I was just looking at your current squad um, and I, I, had, I had a quick look as well mate to be honest <laughs> five is that? so Luke Thomas we had a loan yeah. oh yeah um, I, 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 I must say I, I really like Luke Thomas I think he's a lad that has had quite a difficult couple of years um, I think great. He's a young lad. I think he's got bags of talent. I can oh, see yeah. it in him. And I think if he gets a run of games and mm. builds his confidence, I think he is a star. But I just, I re, I, I think he's definitely one that I think if Joey goes or whoever, he's a, someone that I wish I could like tell the manager, but like, not be gentle on him, but mm. like, he's someone that I think needs an arm around him. 100%. You can just tell, like, had no end product, did he? Yeah, that, that, that was his only problem with Cov. That the, the amount of times he was probably one on one and just didn't have that end product. Um, but where I'll tip my hat, as it were, he's been very vocal about his his mental health problems. Um, and and I think that's brave great, you know. So, yeah, very brave, and it's great for someone, you know, who's in the public eye still to to, to be that vocal and be that honest about it. Um, yeah, and so, he's so young as well. He's only like yeah, 22, 23, and you know, footballs footballs are difficult game like it's a it's a fickle game and you know mm. I think he was at Cheltenham and then obviously signed for Derby and then obviously went out on loan 
So, you know, if you're going from like Cheltenham to Derby, you're like, oh, like this is great. Like, and, you know, and things don't perhaps work out the way you expect it to. And if you don't have that support around you or, you know, you, you're not away from your family, like it can be difficult. Yeah. Like I've been watching programs, like even when you watch the programs, I think I was watching the one about like the gambling one recently with Paul Merson and yeah. they were talking to a few ex-professionals like Keith Gillespie and he said, you know, I went from Manchester United to Newcastle. I was living in a hotel on my own for a year. So yeah. Like, yeah. What, like, the, like even at Man U, he said, the manager would just say, oh, go down to the bookies and put yeah. this bet on the well, horse for me. We spoke to Garrett Farrelly, didn't we, who came from Ireland yeah, yeah. over to Aston Villa. And he was saying that he would get his wages and literally walk to the local village and just put every penny in the phone box to ring home because, yeah. because of the homesickness. And again, that's something that I think as football fans, we forget sometimes that these are human beings that are wearing our shirt. Uh, they're, yeah. they're, they're not robots. Um, so yeah, fair play to Luke for for that. Um, a couple more players that, that jump out, Zane Westbrook um, is, is one who surprised me when we let him go. I really thought after our promotion from League One that he'd be the player that kind of pushed on in the Championship. Yeah, I was... When, and then he left. <laughs> when, he, when we signed him, I was shocked because obviously when you came down, I think it was in the FA Cup game, and you had Westbrook and I'm trying to think of the other couple of players you had. The lad who was on loan from Bristol City. Uh, Liam Walsh. Liam Walsh. He, like, those two I thought were just outstanding. I thought they were just class. Mm. And... I remember coming back, and even when we drew the game, I thought, nah, I was like, they're a good team. They're a good team. I was like, they're going to batter us in the replay. And surprisingly <laughs> enough, you did. Um, uh, but I remember seeing, and I was like, do you know what? It's like, you have to put your hands up and say, they were the best team in that league. And mm. I, I, I remember seeing, when you went up, I was like, do you know what? They are the best team in our league. I have no begrudges about them going up. Um, even obviously, it was a weird way of going against motion. Um, yeah, so when we signed him, I was like, oh, I was really excited. But so, Zayn is again. He's a lad got talent, but I guess he's not. And he's a, he's, you know, he's a creative flair player. But in a relegation battle, not really the player I, that you I can't, kind of need. I can't see him getting on with Joey Barton again, though. I think oh, he's, no. he's he's a player that we talked about managers putting their arm on him and needing you know those people patting on the back and being my manager loved. I think he's that sort of player that needs that. And if he gets a let's just call it a bollock in he's, he's not going to like it too much uh, he's probably going to yeah. be a young lad and he's probably not had it very much but he imagine, imagine being on the end of Joey Barton rant nobody's going to like it very much never like that that's, that's, that's going to move from again from his home to a different club and have that to face without I, I would like it put it that way so no. but it, yeah. it, he does deserve to do alright because he, he was a decent player for us to be honest I really yeah. like him and he didn't have many minutes for us this season so far can't really, really kind of pinpoint a point where I think, oh, like Westbrook did this or Westbrook did that. I've, mm-hmm. I, I've been, when he's come on, it's kind of been in dribs and drabs. He hasn't been like a starting, like, he's not been like the number one sort of player, been like, right, you're starting today with Leland or Coots or whoever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's kind of been on a bit of the kind of like the back burner this season. So I haven't really seen much of him. Mm-hmm. To be fair, there's another. Um... Uh, a player that will probably come up in every single episode we do because he's been around the clubs. He's currently at Rovers. He had a season and a half with us. And again, I don't think him and Joey Barton will be a good mix. But no, Leon Clark. Oh, I'm gutted about Leon Clark. Um, so, 
we brought him in on deadline day this year. Um, obviously, our fans like, oh, he's old, he's old. I'm like, yeah, he's old, but knows the game. So when we played Crawley at home, brought him on at halftime, second touch he scores. I'm thinking, great, we have got a striker. We've signed him with Face Johnson. Next game, Rovers play at Hartlepool, gets injured after 30 minutes. He's oh, damaged, it damaged his, I've got to get this right now, he's damaged something in his leg or his knee or something quite badly. Like a- ACL, no doubt. I'll have to check it because I know that it's quite wow, serious terrific. that we won't see him. In, a, we won't definitely not see him until next year. Oh. And B, from what Joe was saying, because he said he was gutted about it, they said that might be his career over. And I'm going yeah, to tell him what's the case. What, at Hartlepool or just injury-wise? Um, like, <laughs> I think a bit both. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Let's have a look. Um, shame, Liam man. Clark's hamstring. Oh, he's doing his hamstring. He did definitely been quick. He, he had problems with his hamstrings with us. Yeah, I, I, I think it, taught, it must have been a very severe tear in his hamstring. He was, so, he was and brilliant I was, for City. I was genuinely gutted. I was absolutely gutted yeah. because, you know, we brought him in. Obviously, it was on a free any. I think it was on a free transfer anyway. Mm. And I was like, oh, great. Like, I know some of our fans were like, oh, you know, were saying, you know, it's a bit older, blah, blah, blah. But I was mm. like, no, like, you've got to give him a chance. And when he scored against Crawley, I was like, yes, I'm so pleased he had a calm presence. Yeah. Exactly the person we need up front. He'd have done and a job for, him for you to as get well. England, and I think for him to get injured like that, I was I was genuinely so glad. And I really, really hope that it isn't his end of his career and he can somehow get back in, you know, January, February time and at least give us three months. I've got no yeah. doubt. If, if he would have been fit for you and you had him from the start of the season and hit the ground running, he'd, he'd, he'd have banged some goals because yeah, he's scored, he, knows, he knows where the back of that is. It's just disappointing if that's the case. He's got uh, that. It's so disappointing. Not just for yeah. he was a club, but for him as well, bless him. So, yeah. mm. Although our strike force, if they played him and Pittman up front, would have been the age of <laughs> I 70. Like 100. I was going to say. Not the most mobile, but again, I don't know if he needs to be mobile in that league. Yeah. I mean, Goal. a bit discourteous to it. But they've got some good players around them. Again, going back to, to the Coblings, Kean Harris, um, who I remember breaking through. Did he get to Liverpool on loan from us? No, that's Connor Thomas, mate. Is that Connor Thomas? I, I thought it, Keen did as well. No, I don't um, think so. Mate. But he, he, he was a baller. And, and Junior Brown, who I don't think got a fair shot with us. Oh, mate. He's um, pony for us, though. But, in, my, uh, in my opinion. <laughs> But I, I know he's gone down to Rovers, and I was just looking at the the, the players that you let go. Um, you you, you run about the the um, turnover of players, shall we say? Tom Davis, um, who went promotion with us. Abu Agogo, who less than about him, the better in a commentary show. Yeah. Um, he wasn't, That's Johnson he, Clark Harris's best mate. He loved loves mm. him. I swear they used to like live together. They like, yeah. Um. So I'm trying to think. So Tom Davis was another one. Uh, he he was like a he was decent centre back, like he was calm, but him was injury prone. He yeah. did his knees, and that's why he couldn't really get back in. So for him, it was a shame. But he's at Tranmere now, and he seems to be doing all right from what I've seen. Yeah. Him playing quite regularly, so that's good to see because you know he's still in his mid mid to mid twenties. So you know you don't want mm. someone's career to end so early. Um, who's the other one? Uh, Tom Dave. Oh, Abs. Yeah. So Abu Agogo. Who, someone loved him. Graham loved him. Always used to play every week under Graham. And then he fell out. Ben didn't want him. Ben didn't want him, and Tisdale didn't want him. So they both sent, tried to ship him out on loan to like Dagenham and all sorts. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, Brighton actually wanted to give him a chance. So Brighton kind of brought him back in. I think then he got injured. Kind of was given him a chance in the summer, but then he decided to go to Southend. Um, That's all he is. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah he's Southend, but I'm pretty one. sure he's injured again. He <laughs> gets injured all the time. Um, uh, uh, and... and Sorry, Luke, carry on. I was going to say, and it's quite funny because when you mentioned Junior Brown, he was also brought, he basically signed three guys on deadline day. Leon Clark, Junior Brown, and... Anthony all crocked. No, no, no. <laughs> Clark. Um, yeah, no, Anthony Evans is class. We've got him from, he was, uh, he's in like another young, kind of youngish one. So it's funny because we've got Brown and Clark who are older and then Evans is a little bit younger. Yeah. Um, there's one name that I wasn't going to mention, but I've just seen them. I went to school with Luke Leahy. Um, oh, my God. The, the left back. Um, I completely forgot his for you, boys. Luke Leahy, that's a funny one. So, he, obviously, we got him from Warsaw. And when he signed for us from Warsaw, Warsaw fans were like, ha-ha, unlucky lads. And we were like, why? It's like, oh, he's always prone to mistake. And he got us relegated. He was part of our team that was relegated. We are like, okay. Um... I guess defensively, he's not the best. He is prone to a mistake. But last year, going forward, he was pretty much our top goal scorer. He scored 10 goals from left back. He scored some screamers as well. Um, and... Pony at school. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's actually really... I don't know why that's made me laugh so much. Um, but yeah, and obviously, he was our captain as well last year. Um, got, obviously, again, got relegated. And then they signed for Shrewsbury Town. Weird, um, isn't it? I mean, oh, I, 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 I'd be interested moves. to see if Shrewsbury Town get relegated this year, because then it'd be yeah, a hat-trick. So, I, I, I've got a weird thing with Vogue. So, the first England game in the Euros this summer, which was Croatia, I watched it in the same pub as him. Um, and he was very, very drunk. Um, so it, everyone? Yeah, to be fair, that's, that's, that's a fair shout. So, it must have just been before he got his move uh, to Shrewsbury. Um, so, so, so there's the cob connections just from just from the last <laughs> two seasons. I'm sure we could go back. I know Scott Shearer played for both. Um, it's just, as I mentioned earlier, Paul Trollope as well. Wasn't Paul it? Trollope. Um, you know, you, you, you touched on Johnson Clark Harris, who had two spars with Cov, um, and then with Prolific. Thanks for him. Thanks yeah. for him. He was, was prolific for you boys, wasn't he? He was, and that's the thing. It was really funny because again, he was January deadline day. And I remember, like, seeing it was like quite late, late at night. We were like, it kind of came through. It was like eleven-ish, half eleven. Like, oh, Chris Rovers have signed Johnson Clark Harris. I was like, oh, don't know who he is. Anyway, put my phone down, went to sleep. Woke up the next morning, and all the Coventry fans were like, oh, he's rubbish. I'll do nothing for you. And I was like, okay. Comes in and literally like bangs in goals week after week after week to get us like safe in League One. And then season after, again, continuing kind of the same streak. Um, in the summer, kind of wasn't um, training. Obviously, got his move to Peterborough. Fair enough. Um, and then banged even more goals in at Peterborough. Um, and then, yeah, I think he's got a couple. And then obviously he's suspended at the moment. Surprised me the he scored though. Surprised me because I, I, I yeah. He was never he's, prolific for us, was he? He wasn't, but I don't think we played to his strengths, right? Yeah. No, I always look oh, at it. We, we spoke about it long and hard, Neil, because we, we speak about Tyler Walker quite often. I think he's a decent player as a finisher. You, I'm not having him. 
And I think the same about Clark Harris, right? He was, he was, he was no good for us, but you find that system sometimes it works and it works really well. And if you find that system and you score a bag full of goals, and it's it's no different. He plays that sort of game with Rovers, played the same sort of game with people, but he's he's limited to where and how he plays. He, he's found it yeah. this season, right? And he's finding it difficult again. Yeah, I think he's a very. I think he's he's very good at League One. I don't know if he's got the the capacity to take himself into the championship. It's like I don't know if he's got an. It's kind of hard. He's to got say. all the attributes. He just doesn't. Yeah, doesn't he's got the attributes. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, he definitely has the attributes. This is like it's kind of evolving the game and actually like applying yourself to evolve your game. I guess yeah. is probably the best words to say about him. Um, but yeah, no, I see. I, I I really took to Johnson. Some people didn't take to Johnson, but I I loved him. I loved what well, he scored the goals. So you know, you take mm-hmm. to your striker that scores the goals. But yeah, and even when he left, like I always kind of he was you know you know it's usually when a striker leaves and you're a bit like, oh. and you know they score against you and they're a bit like cocky. Even though he's you know he, he probably is a little bit cocky like strikers <laughs> are. But he was someone that I still kind of when he scored, I was like, oh, like, I'm pleased that he scored for Peterborough. I was like, pleased you're doing well. Um, and there's not m- many kind of centre forwards that kind of left that I kind of felt that about. He's a modern day Ricky Lambert. <laughs> yeah, just uh, just a little bit more wild, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that, I think that's one word for it. Um, just one last thing on Rovers uh, before we move on to the campaign you're a part of. Um, we've talked about some of the better players that have wore the blue and white quarters uh, over the years, and 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 I've got to admit this was Aidy's baby. Um, who are some of the worst players that you've seen wear the shirt? Oh my god, do you want me to start getting out a list of players? <laughs> let's, let's, let's go and have a think about players. It's a foil of facts out. And... <laughs> oh, show me how you like foil of facts. Um, so there was a couple of players from kind of like 2010, 2011. Um, Carl Regan and Mark Wright. Carl Regan was a defender we bought from MK Dons. Awful. Mark Wright was a winger we bought from MK Dons. Dreadful. We had John Akinde at one point. Big John Akinde. Dreadful for us. I don't think he's, he could score a barn door. Who else do we have? Yeah, um, this is one of, this is one of the, the, the conversations about bad players are brilliant. You, see, you can talk about long, but bad players, you never hear anything. Oh, he's terrible. No, I, I love him in his news. Brilliant. God, a goal, some of the goalkeepers we've had on loan actually kind of make my... So one of them was Lee Nichols, who's now somehow playing in the Championship. And had yeah. Baffled. Baffled. He was rubbish. <laughs> Kelly Ruse. Kelly Ruse was awful oh. for us. Awful. He's, he's local. To, he was local to me. He started out and eat him. Yeah, rubbish. Genuinely, which is rubbish. Um, who else do we have? Um, I wouldn't say he was a rubbish player, but um, his reputation. Funny enough, John Joe O'Toole. We had him. John Joe O'Toole. Yeah, I remember him. Long hair, kind of looked a bit like. Watford lad. Yeah, kind of like. Hair kind of tied up. Um, oh, say so who, who did he play for? Where they had um, they all wore white. Was it Scunthorpe? Where they all wore wigs in the last game of the season for him because he had or Northampton. Northampton. Yeah, Northampton. Northampton got, that like, was he's it. Got like the kind of like rock style hair because yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But we can. He kind of we brought him in on loan um, from. Brought him in on loan from. Well, that's eluded me. And um, yeah, so we brought him on loan, and he was actually good. And then we signed him, and he was just rubbish. Although he scored ten goals, but it was it was the year we went down. So that kind of year, that 2013-14 season was just painful, very very painful. 
If, if you could pick, go on, just me putting you on the spot, if you could pick a five side team of your worst players in the goalkeeper and then any of the four players you wanted, who would they be? Is that me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. So, I'm going to go Calais Ruse. I'm going to go Calais Ruse. <laughs> Although, actually, no. Oh, do I go Calais Ruse or do I... No. I'll go for the one that we had last year. He was kind of like our second keeper. Um, Jordi Van Stoppershaw. Google it. Is that his real name? Google, I promise you that's his name. He's what, Stop it, it off. It sounds like Jordi a good Jordi can't stop a shot. Yeah, that sounds like a great name for a keeper. That's what they used terrible. to call him. That's what they used to call him. Um, some of our fans would be mean. Yeah, Google the... Um, Google the Fleetwood game when uh, Ben Garner got relegated and he played in goal. Um, when Ben Garner got sacked and he played in goal, there's some absolute howlers from the free the free kicks at Fleetwood. Oh, they just give me nightmares. So yeah. When we release probably... this episode, we will put a link to that YouTube video just, in the I'll tweet. Fight. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can find it because it's just awful. So he yeah he's all that. So that's my goalkeeper, Carl Regan in defence. Um, I'll stick. Mark Wright in there, and uh, he's not a bad player, but obviously I'm going to stick John Joe, who was like a pantomime villain, I guess you could say. Oh, no, he wasn't. Up front, I'm going to oh, go with... Um, oh, I'll go up. This is this is going to be slightly controversial. So there's a guy we brought in, he's kind of like midfieldy kind of forward, who we say signed on the... I don't know. So he signed on the... I don't know, Tuesday, and by like a week later, he was gone. It was a player called Adam Drury. We got him in from like Ipswich. Oh, oh, no, and he ne- yeah. literally never played. I never saw him play. So just for the fact that he, we signed him and he didn't, and then he left in a week. Sort of Cobbs Robert Yarny. I'm sure I could probably, if I thought about it like longer and harder, I could probably go and look through like the non league teams. It's probably like our non league time. We, had, we were going in and out of players, like we had Paris Cowan Hall. Not Jesus, that's a name. He was that at League Wickham Two, wasn't it? Yeah, we had him when we came back up to League Two, um, and we had players in like non-league. There was someone called Al- I can't pronounce this right. His last name was Bell Baggy. Adam Adam Cunnington we had when we were in the conference he was a centre four but he did actually score so I don't think he should be on the worst list. But yeah, I, I've already named not like. Multiple people definitely got eleven assault team going out there, but that's that's great. I'm a little bit surprised that Matt Smith didn't get a mention after he uh, he made the dreaded journey across Bristol. Do you mean uh, Matty Taylor? Sorry, Matty Taylor. What? <laughs> don't, know, don't know where I got Matt Smith from. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I Taylor wasn't a bad player. Taylor could score goals. I'd be harsh to put him in there if I was saying like the worst players because it's the like, same with John Joe I think John Joe is kind of like a little bit harsh to put in there I guess he's a bit of like a pantomime villain I mean what he did wasn't great you know you don't you don't really cross the divide um, oh, no. pretty brave if you do I don't think he realised what he did uh, it kind of like we were actually doing well at the time it kind of like derailed our season but then obviously he didn't do anything anyway so it doesn't really matter Um, but yeah when when um he left and that was January deadline day as well it was just we found I, I think I found out the night before uh, my dad's mate the son had somehow seen him at the ground doing some filming and he was um 
he told my dad and then, or it was always the guy I'd put on Facebook and people were like, no, you're lying, lying. And then I, I sent dad the screenshots like, you know, said, this guy wouldn't lie. I said, no, no, it must be true. It must be true. Wow. By the morning, it was. And we were like, oh, it's like, who are we going to get in? Because we it didn't work out from every laughs, probably. Yeah, yeah. It kind of caused, yeah, it definitely caused a bit of eruption at the time. And obviously, we we haven't actually played City in even a fixture, like a league fixture or anything, for a number of years now. And I'm kind of glad in a way that we didn't play them when mm. Taylor was there, because I think it would have been... Bad. Very, very bad. Because he, he made some choice comments, didn't he, if I remember rightly? Yeah, well. yeah I think so. Like, because he just, in those like, comments, I just don't think he was really thinking about things. Mm. And it, 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 it seemed to me he like he was trying to, to endeavour himself to the new fans. fans and, and in that way, he kind of burnt his bridges with all our yeah. fans and was like disrespectful towards us. But, you know, I mean, and it was, it was weird. He was, yeah. And I think we should have known really because we, he was apparently going to sign for Oxford in like the summer before. Um, and apparently he'd signed a gentleman's agreement with, I think it was Appleton at the time. And it didn't happen. He signed a contract for Rovers. We then played Oxford a couple of weeks into the season. He scored. And then in front of the fans, it's like a handshaking thing. And all oh. the Oxford fans got really wound up about it. Then he signs for City. And now he's at Oxford and now we love him. So I know he's from Oxford, but hey. <laughs> Again, but football's fickle. Yeah. It's a very, very fickle. <laughs> it, it's a weird old game. Um, that's been brilliant. I've learned more about Rovers than I, I I could have wished for. So thank you so much for that. <laughs> the, the campaign that you're involved in at the minute, Her Game 2. Um, obviously, we, we've seen on social media, myself and Adi, exactly what it is. But for anyone who doesn't know, um, what is Her Game 2? So Her Game 2 is a campaign that was set up by 12 female football friends from across the country. Um, we set it up because we wanted to just highlight sexist abuse um, in football. Um, obviously, you know, we're 12, 12 girls who've been watching football since we were young, sport range of different teams. Um, obviously, Bristol Rovers, Bristol City, Newport, Arsenal, Swansea. Um, yeah, so obviously kind of come from a range of different places. Um, and we've all received comments either online or in person about being football fans. And so I guess that story is obviously my personal experience is I had it in school. Um, so obviously being a Rovers fan, like, you know, I obviously in school, like, you know, Rovers is actually like a bit banter, like didn't bother me. But it was when like other students or teachers would say to me, like, oh, why are you spending your weekends doing that? Like, shouldn't you be doing something else? And I was like, well, you wouldn't say that to the boy who's a Rovers fan who sat over there, but why are you saying it to me? Like, mm. I'm, not, I'm not doing anything wrong. And even as a kid, actually, growing up, from, like, not a lot of people know this, but from the age of, like, two and a half to I was 18, I actually did dance as well. I was, mm. like, trained in ballet and tap dancing. So on, like, say, middle of the week, or, like, say, like, a Tuesday or Thursday or Friday, I would dance as well. I was, I was, I loved my dancing, but it was a hobby. Like, football was my love. Like, I didn't play any sports. I was far too injury prone for that. I'm, I'm accident prone. I mean, that's a whole, you could do a whole pod about me and my, ex and my stories about being injured. But that's a totally different situation itself. But so I didn't play football. I just loved watching it. And, you know, like I said to you before, I I loved spending it. It was like quality time with my dad, but especially my yeah. granddad. Um, you know, going to different places all over the country, like, that's what I wanted to do. 
like, I love doing that. I, lo- I looked forward to my Saturday so much, especially like away days on the coach when, you know, we'd go to random parts of the country and he'd tell me a story about, you know, say we'd go to Coventry, for example, and then he said, oh, I went to Highfield Road this day, this person scored, this person scored, it was in this year. And I'd be like, how can you know all this information? And yeah, so I loved that. But I didn't understand why people would say these comments to me. So, and I, I kind of like brushed it off when I was kind of like younger, but it's kind of only in like the last kind of year, I kind of sat back and I thought about it. And I was like, actually, like, why should we have to accept it? Like, we're not doing anything wrong. We're just yeah, literally like talking about football and like probably only in the last kind of, I'd say from like April 2020, so literally when the season kind of stopped, I kind of got more confident like doing, talking like on podcasts or radio or stuff about Rovers or, but anyway, so that's, that's just kind of come like, because like people were saying, oh, it's the point of like sharing your opinion, like people aren't going to want to hear it. Um. But yeah, so January of this year, so Kaz, obviously Kaz is one of my very good friends, like both Gas said, we go, obviously like I said, we go together now uh, with our kind of group of friends. So she, she has friends who are Wiccan fans, um, like they've been friends for ages, they have a group chat, it's all back and forth, banter, harmless. They had lost 7-2 to Brentford in the championship and she basically tweeted and said, oh, what's the point of Wiccan in the championship? You know, it's a harmless tweet. It's not being offensive. It's it is literally just football banter. Yeah. And it got a lot of retweets and likes because obviously not a lot of people. Like, I'll not say not a lot of people, but there's quite a few other fans of other clubs that don't particularly like Wickham for various reasons. We we kind of have our own. I wouldn't even say rivalry. We just have a bit of a thing with Wickham because of stuff that's happened a few years ago. Um. And yeah, so it got a lot of retweets and a lot of likes. And, you know, there was a lot of people saying, oh, yeah, agreed. Um, then it kind of got worse and people were saying, like, things about her weight, saying, like, taking part about the way she looked, um, saying things like, get back in the kitchen, like, what do you know about football? You're a woman. And really horrible things. And to the point that it, she, like, locked her Twitter down for a couple of weeks. She deleted the app. And it really affected her mental health. Like, she couldn't sleep. She worried it was going to get onto other platforms and people were going to contact her work. Um, mm. So that's kind of like the background to it. Um, and then in April this year, she kind of came to me and said, oh, is there a campaign out there for sexism? Like, And I was sat there and I thought, I sat there and I thought for a minute and I said, I don't think there is, you know. I said, there is for racism and homophobia, yeah. which is equally yeah. as important. But I wouldn't say, like, for example, when you think, a racism campaign you think kick it out yeah you've got yeah. Yeah. Races. you know those campaigns yeah. off the top of your head sexism yeah. i was like mm, is there really one out there so she said well why don't we do a video highlighting our experiences and ask a few other girls to get involved and i said yes absolutely i could picture like she was saying about like the paper moving like we did in the video it's brilliant by the way yeah, yeah. but it really that, really puts the message across anyone who hasn't yeah. seen it it's, yeah, it's brilliant yeah and um so we kind of drafted like a few names of girls that we kind of followed, kind of talked about the experiences and Kaz went to contact them and every single girl said yes. So we kind of all got together on a Twitter group chat and we just kind of discussed our ideas, uh, how we want to do the campaign, the name, how we want to do the video, when we want to launch it. So all in all, we kind of came up with a name, Program 2, we created our own the Twitter, Facebook and Instagram account and we went, right, we're going to launch this on Saturday the 15th of May which is FA Cup final day. 
it was only on the morning of that we realised it was FA Cup final day, just because it wasn't it wasn't even in the forefront of my mind because I was so like getting everything, we were all kind of thinking about mm. the video. Yep. It wasn't until the morning I saw FA Cup trend and I was like, oh, it's FA Cup day. And um, so yeah, so we launched the video, um, and life has just not been the same since because when the video launched, we thought, oh, maybe we'll get fifty thousand views, might might get someone liking it. In 24 hours on Twitter, we had a million views. Wow. Wow. Which is crazy when you yeah, think about insane. it. It's just insane numbers. Like, we had support even from the beginning from football clubs, EFL, female journalists um, like Laura Woods and Michelle Owen, Rovers, mm. City, Newport, Huddersfield, Peterborough, all like quoted the video. Just, just, just highlight Yeovil as well, and we were just dumbfounded. We were just like, wow. Yeah. But also, the reaction was great in the sense that we had a lot of girls messaging even on that very first day, saying like, "Thank you, like this is my experience." Awesome. And which is obviously amazing, you know, amazing to have. But it was also like from there, we've had the dads share and their daughters who like to play football, watch football, and yeah. how much they love watching that. And and yeah, and obviously from there, the campaign has grown and grown and grown and grown. So we are now have on Twitter we've got fifteen thousand one hundred followers. We Such are nice. just over five months old. Yeah, we've partnered with 20, 21, 22 professional clubs across the obviously football league and also we've got partnerships with non league and grassroots levels, um partnered also with like diabetes um football club as well, um, other kind of organisations and yeah, we just so what we've been doing with the partnerships with the clubs is we've we want to have a reporting system in place so that the fans, if there's an incident at the ground, for example, um, a, a, a you know a, fe- a female fan can see the number or a text or yeah. email or whatever, however means they their club has it to report any incident. Mm. They can see it and they can contact the club anonymously and then it'll be followed up. Um, but mm-hmm. we've also got a reporting form on our website as well so that if say you support team that haven't partnered with us yet but there's still an incident at the ground they know that they can come they can report it and we will still try and follow up with the club as well to say like you know this has happened like yeah i mean even like today a girl i think she was a qpr fan um and she tweeted that actually there was qpr fans being sexist towards a female sunderland fan uh, it was yeah like, so QPR I, was I, I read that yeah um and you know even that like we had like we had a report um, report report through and we were like we're like you know obviously it's it's sad that it's still happening but you know we want to raise an eyes we want people to report obviously we don't want the incidents to happen but we want to have the people to to come to us and say yeah. yes like we want yeah. to you know we want we you know we want to report but also partner with us so for example Exeter um, they have us on the LED um the led boards they've got in the ground so like the yeah. thing that run around the ground um we're like obviously got posters up and um, we've been in their program um me and Kaz were very lucky enough when we were playing extra to go on the pitch and talk about the campaign um it was a bit of a weird situation because we were four knocked down at half time <laughs> um, even though we were like uh, really grumpy we were like literally said to the guys like we don't want to talk about the game <laughs> because obviously we were wearing right. your rover shirts going yeah, yeah this is um, brilliant 
so yeah so we were wearing our rover sh- so actually no we weren't so we were actually wearing our hoodies so like the hoodie i'm wearing right now so you can't see it we've got um, I'm sure i've seen it yeah yet. so we're wearing our hoodies um i'm just wearing it in the picture but and yeah and an extra in particular have been amazing they've even um they had a weekend dedicated to our campaign so the men and the women played at home on the same weekend so the men played saturday and the women played sunday all the players wore warm-up tops with their logo on and they kind of talked about the campaign um kaz was able to go down as a guest on the saturday um and the women actually that was i think that was the first time they played at the ground for a couple of years like two or like three or four years they had a record attendance they had almost 1400 people in attendance shows you know if you you know had your women's team playing at your ground you can really boast their game as well um forest green women actually have our logo on their shirts which is amazing we were able to go there and watch the game and actually i really enjoyed it i think they won like 6-1 in the fa cup and i was watching their game i was like you know i i was like i've actually enjoyed this more than watching rovers because i think they've lost the day before or something (laughs) but i was like no i've really enjoyed myself like there's some brilliant goals scored um Mm. and like i said like obviously i'm wearing a hoodie and and we've set up like merchandise, so we've created merchandise with Hope and Glory, who've been amazing. They were like the first company to come to us and was like, "Oh, we really want to work with you." Um, and so all the money that comes from our hoodies um, and any tops goes towards grassroots women's clubs. So we've managed to donate some money to local teams, uh, Red oh, Falcon as well, um, and they're so their girls wearing training tops. They're younger girls wearing training tops. Um, with our logo on that we're at training every Wednesday now I went over actually went down to watch them play um Bristol Rovers development team like the the first the Red Falcons first team sorry the ladies mm-hmm. I went to go watch them last week um and I actually really really enjoyed myself like I've I've, I've kind of felt like I want to have a bit more of conscious effort to go and watch the women's games mm. um and we created our own bespoke limited edition football shirt which went down extremely extremely well yeah, it's black, black one with a nice little graphic in the back right yeah, i've seen that yeah, yeah it's amazing it's so nice and on the pictures like it's it's just really cool and and yeah and i was one of the things was obviously like i said talking about the community trust earlier um they've been amazing in supporting the campaign and in fact within a month of the campaign they came to us and said we want to give you the bristol rovers women away shirt sponsorship this year wow. for free Brilliant. And I was um, very lucky to be part of that shirt launch. Um, oh, I mean, the the kit is amazing. It's amazing. I actually, I actually need to make sure I get one for myself. Can <laughs> you get it signed by the, the ladies' team? Yeah, and, and that's the thing. It's just and it's just things like that. And and, and another person who's an incredible supporter and someone that you probably would never even expect is um, Callum Best. And he said he's wow, part of campaign. And he's been inspired to become a chairman of Dorking Wanderers Ladies. Um, yeah, I've seen him tweet something about Dorking United. Like, yeah. Yeah, so he's um, he's their chairman of the ladies team, um, oh. and them and obviously Dorking. So like another the non-league team has partnered up with us, like the ladies, where every day, every warm up, every game they play, they have our shirts on the warm up. Brilliant. And and yeah, and another person like there's been so many people who've been so supportive of the campaign. Um, and obviously, unfortunately, you know, you still get people saying, oh, set this up for attention or I'll oh, create a problem that doesn't exist. I had that within the first 24 oh, hours. Um, uh, I guess you could say the person who said it to me was actually a media officer of an on-league club. Um, 
I won't say where. Um, brainless. When, brainless. When, 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 I, when I saw it, because sometimes you know, you can see that comments and you feel a bit sad. It was yeah. actually like 24 hours after the campaign. I quoted it and I just laughed. I said, oh, yeah, this, this guy is saying that. Um, Highlighting the exact a, reason create, that you're doing create, the campaign. Yeah, creating it. I said, basically, you made himself look an idiot. And, yeah. you know, I guess you could say he looked like a stereotypical person that was provided abuse. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Well, we did ask for, for, for questions, we have, and, and the one that got repeated a couple of times was about shirt sponsorship. Um, so you, got, you kind of touched on that with the Bristol Rovers. Was that ever the plan from the beginning to try and kind of sponsor a WSL side or a, an EFL side just to kind of um, so get out when, there? When we kind of obviously, obviously started the campaign and when obviously when it got kind of a big traction, we're like, oh, well, obviously one of our, obviously when set up the campaign we we literally had no idea what was going to happen i think our first kind of aim was to be able to partner up with the club or even have us on the shirt and we managed to do that within a couple of months so you know obviously ferris green like even like just the logo on the shirt yeah. like to us it means a lot it's massive, so yeah. and yeah. like having like even the warm-up tops that that is even though yeah it's not on the you know it's not premier league it's still starting somewhere and someone will hopefully you know, when you see it, people like pick it up. Just look how much we've achieved so far. Yeah, and that's the thing. We you know we're we're just five months old. Yeah. You know, we mm. haven't even it reached international women's yet. I think we can really spread the message. It's, yeah, it's not really special. Yeah, and obviously I've um I've kind of had a bit more to do with. I wanted to kind of obviously partner up with women's teams as well as men's teams. So. Yeah, I wanted to reach out to like WSL clubs. Um, obviously, as you saw, I've managed. We managed to partner up with our first um, championship women's championship club in Coventry United. Um, yeah. And Connor, who's like the media guy, has been great in you know, partnering up and supporting. Um, and yeah, we kind of hope to get more and more clubs. Obviously, I guess our main aim is to obviously have all the football league clubs partnered. But I definitely think I think there's an opportunity to also get like the women's championship and. And amazingly, if we could, Premier League and the WSL, because I think there's such an opportunity to... So the reason why not. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I know, obviously, you know, it's a little bit harder to get into the clubs that are quite massive. And, you know, hey, it it these... impacts everybody, doesn't it, right? It, it, it impacts people. So from your mum, your, your grand, your, your sister, you know, your daughter, that one, I think that could impact anybody in my family. And that's mm. I'd want my club to make sure that they're treated right and respectfully. Yeah, and right. If they don't do that, it's like, well, come on. You, you do it for the other campaigns. What's the difference with this one? Mm. Yeah, exactly. It's like you want, that's the thing. No one should go to football and, yeah. and feel like they don't belong. And that's kind 100%. of like how people have, like, have made women feel in the past. It's like they felt like they haven't belonged at football. And, you know, when you hear stories of, we, so, for example, we did a survey and we asked girls to message and we sent them the link so that it didn't kind of get into the wrong hands. And reading some of the results, like, so there was part where we could kind of ask them to kind of share their experiences if they wanted to. And you read some of the stories, and I won't go into it because it's just harrowing. And you read sure. it and I think, I wouldn't want to go to football ever again. Like, yeah. Great friends. And physical violence. And it's just like you just sit there and you think, how has this been allowed to go on for yeah. so long? And yeah. it's like, you know, you're in a bar queue. For example, you know, go in the bar queue every Saturday, like half time. Um, and you know, and, and you know, and people like 
not recently, but if like someone touches you up, you're like, for God's sake, I'm literally just in a queue to get a drink. Like yeah. everybody else, said, why do you feel the need what to touch? It just makes you feel un, uncomfortable and someone might mm. turn around and might, you know, it could, you don't know what people's other people's experiences are that could really upset trigger someone stuff. or trigger yeah. someone. Yeah. Um, and, and I've noticed it where, because obviously it's not just for football fans, it's for other people in football. You know, there's some amazing people, like one of my good friends, Joe, she works as an aid, like a intermediate agent, um, especially mm. for like women's players as well as uh, non-league players and she said like she's had like sex abuse going into that and I was like but you just like, wanted to do this for so long and, and it's just and it's just awful and so we've got female physio at Rovers and I, I maybe because obviously doing the campaign I feel like I'm more in tune to it and every single game I've heard <laughs> I've, when I've seen her come past I've heard someone made a comment and recently I heard a guy say oh Something like, oh, I wish I would fall over so she can rub my balls. And I literally turned around and I said, do you think that's appropriate? Mm. I was like, she's doing her job. I yeah. Like, I literally was disgusted and I just turned back around and I was shaking with rage. Because I'm like, I mean, and I think maybe like six months ago, I probably would have had the confidence to turn around. I would have just felt like, I would have probably felt really like. You just let that bubble up in the cold, yeah. My, yeah, even though it wasn't to me. I was like, I still, I felt like I wanted to call it out because I was like, actually, so she's doing it. wrong. Mm. She's, she, she's literally doing a job. She's a physio. Doesn't matter if you're a man, woman, yeah. like, she's literally doing a job here. And mm. and that's the thing, like, and, and, you know, that's the thing. It's, and, but then there might be a young girl in the crowd that sees her and actually is like, that's a role yeah. model to her. She might not even yeah. realise. And visibility is so, so important. And yeah. you know, when you look at, pundits and you look at presenters journalists yeah. Yeah. physios backroom staff you know wherever it is fans when you see somebody like a like if you're a young girl you see uh or obviously footballer as well if you see someone on the tv as a young as a young person mm-hmm. you think and and they're you know similar to you they talk about what you like you're like oh i can be like them yeah and it's just so important because I, I, like I say to people, football's a universal game with universal yeah. roles that everyone can understand. So why is it that there's these people out there that think that we shouldn't be allowed to enjoy it like everybody else? No, I, I mean, I'm, I'm very same. grateful in my family that my dad and my granddad were not like that at all. They were very, very much like... They, they, I mean, they love taking me along. I think, I think because, especially my dad, because I like other sports as well, like cricket and darts, and me and my mum and my granddad like horse racing... I, I used to go watch a lot of other I, I watch a lot of other sports, especially getting older. So my dad's probably like not sick of me talking about football, but he just or other sports. He just knows he just knows that I like football or other sports. So I always talk about it with him. But yeah, I I, I am I guess I do count myself lucky in that sense. I've got you know, a very like a good family mm. around me that are like that. But I know it's not the same for everybody. And yeah. I, but I but I also find that sad in a way because like Obviously, like I don't obviously play football, like I said, but you know, there's so many young girls out there that are amazing, and you know, when you see even at the grassroots level, and you know, they're like six, seven years old, and they they want to play. So some girls prefer to play mix, some people play in an all girls team, which is absolutely fine. Like they should be allowed to enjoy, however. But if there isn't that, you know, that support out there for the grassroots clubs, 
then, you know, when they get to an old age, then that's when they fall off and they, could, yeah. you know, I'm not saying they're going to be the next best thing, but there, there could be someone out there that if they don't yeah. get picked up, that's it. And, Do you know what? Why... I played with a girl called Kellyanne Willis and I'm sure she won't mind me saying this. Up until the age of 13, she was one of the best footballers in COD for our age. She was unbelievable. But the FA had this rule that at that age, they had to go and play all girls. She didn't like it. She wanted to play with boys still. Stop playing there and then. And I can, I would put money on the fact that she would have made a career out of the game if she would have been able to keep progressing and, and sticking out as the way she wanted. And I think, you know, now I'm older, I've touched on it. You know, my daughter's three years old. She loves football. She sits and watch football with me. She's got the. She's got. She's had every commentary strip since she's been born, and and she yeah. she will do if she keeps going older. Um, you know, I take her. I take her to football classes every Sunday morning. I think, you know, from a from a personal point of view, seeing what you guys are doing will benefit her as she gets older. Um, and hearing some of the stuff you're saying, I'm I'm sitting here thinking, if Penelope came home and said to me, "Daddy, this is what I heard," my my head would go. So. You know, from a personal point of view, it's definitely something that I hope continues and grows and carries on for her benefit more than anything. Yeah, that's the thing for us. That's we want to, we want it to, we want to do it for obviously like the next generation. We want to make it better for them. Yeah. Because obviously, you know, all the girls kind of like early to my twenties. Um. So you know, obviously, we watch football for a long time. But you know, there are those young girls out there who are probably like just you know not even playing football mm. yet. They they might be just starting to come into it or starting to watch it, and that's when we want to make it better for them. They want to be, they we want to make make it short so that if they go into any football ground, they can go there, whether it's with their mum, their dad, their nan, their granddad, friend, auntie, uncle, whoever, and know that they are in a ground where they they belong, and they no one's going to come up to them and say you should be here because you're a girl, yeah. and that's that's what we want. That's what yeah. we want really, and that's thing by getting this out there and. You know the clubs that have supported us already. You know, I'm hoping that you know, we might not see the impact now. We might not see the impact for a number of years, but I hope that one day we'll get to a stage where you know, let's think. People, some people think, oh, we're trying to take over football. That like, we're not. Like, I want football banned. I'm happy to take football banned because I will give it straight back to someone. <laughs> but it's it. You know, if someone says to me, "Oh, Rovers are rubbish," I'm like. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> I know. I'm there every week. Good. I know. <laughs> I know. It's like, you know, that that's not a fun me. I'm like, oh, your team's rubbish too. Um, but yeah, see that like that thing is I can laugh about that because I'm like not offended. Yeah, yeah. But it's like you know when you see people oh, like when you see someone like when you read it and someone says to someone, oh, get back to the kitchen. Like, yeah, it's, it's disgusting. Like, archaic. Yeah, it's, the life has moved on so long and it's like when you think back to you know like I feel like women's football obviously kind of stopped progressing because the FA put something out there like obviously after the 50s so obviously when the war was going on obviously all of them gone to war and the women were here so the women played football and they said I think I'm not too sure of the year but Everton played some what, they had like 50 55,000 yeah I don't know what you want about people yeah. with like thousands more locked out and I was like if they could have that for a women's game, like there, there's such a potential out there, but yeah, then it was sent back because there was a rule put in for 30 years, there was a law put in that women could play football. Yeah, it's bizarre. And, and I just, when I heard that, I was like, that that was mandated by government, like that baffles my brain. And it's like, 
but then but then you look at things now and you look how far it's like progressing you know we've got you know we've had the we've had the the olympics this summer obviously we, i know we didn't win but you know getting that out there the world cup's been on like every year you, every time it's been on you see someone get more and more wpl's on sky now the, yeah that mm. the wsl being on sky and bbc i think is a massive thing because that gives it yeah it sends it to a new audience and there's people and i've i've sat down and watched the game myself and i'm like oh i've like enjoyed it like the first time i was on i think it was an international weekend it was a friday night and man you play reddit and so i thought i'm just gonna stick it on because i was like Usually, I watch football on a Friday night. It didn't matter to me that it was man, new women versus red and women. I was like, I just wanted to watch a game of football. It doesn't mm. matter to me who's playing. Um, and and yeah, and it's, it's things like that. And then this year, sorry, next year, um, you've got the Women's Euros, and it's taking place in the UK. Obviously, all over the country. Um, I'm going to a game myself. Um, and I think that's such a big opportunity you know, I'm not saying that everyone has to watch women's football because, you know, it's, uh, it's a personal opinion. Like, I wasn't watching it really for the last kind of couple of years or so. But when I have watched it, like, my, actually, that's a, probably, that's like on TV. My cousin actually played um, women's football. She was uh, like a local level. And I used to really enjoy watching her as well. She kind of stopped as she got a little bit older. But she, when I used to watch her team, I used to really enjoy it. Uh, but yeah, with the, like, the Euros coming in to, uh, to England and, yeah, I think it's just England. I think it's a massive opportunity to for people just to get behind it. And actually, yeah. you know, we had the Euros here. And when we're doing well, everyone wants to jump on the bandwagon. If we could get that support out there for the women, I think it'd be, it would mean a lot to them. And I think yeah. there's no reason why they can't do well. I, I yeah, really I'm don't. They've, I know they're in World Cup. The results are at the moment, absolutely smashing people. Yeah, they, they won 4-0 at Wembley. I know they didn't have... I know it's not the biggest attendance, but obviously it's kind of difficult when they play on the same day as all the, you know, the Premier League have just come back. And I think, you know, there is a real opportunity to do that again, perhaps on an international break, because I felt, I thought it was on an international break, so I was disappointed it wasn't, because I felt, I felt it was a real opportunity to really boost the attendance, get 45,000, 50,000 Wembley, and I think that would have been really good. So with yeah. the, yeah, with the Euros, I think, there's a real, real opportunity there, and you know I think they're playing at Old Trafford and Wembley, and uh, I presume Southampton, like all over the places. Rotherham, I know, is one of them, one of the host cities. So I think, yeah, I think that summer is, it could be a real, real opportunity, and I think there's no reason they could go and win it. I really don't. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, Luke, you, you've been incredible. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for amazing. your honesty and educating us uh, on. Not just Bristol Rovers, but her game too. Um, if people want to follow and support, where, where can they find you and her game too? Um, so if you want to find me, although you might be uh, bored by my Twitter because it's just um, usually Rovers tweets and a lot of other stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, so I am at uh, L-U-C-E-F-O-R-D underscore, so Luce Ford um, on Twitter and Instagram. And on Twitter... Facebook and Instagram. Obviously, her game two is at her game two, all kind of one word. Um, and we've also got a hashtag her game two because we love seeing, you know, um, obviously girls when they're sharing their pictures at Coventry, whether it's like dads sharing yeah. pictures. Um, and yeah, we you know we love we love seeing that. Um, we always like to share anything that we anything nice like that we see um, on our social page, especially Twitter as well. Cause it's so easy accessible. Mm. Um, 
but yeah no obviously still got our hoodies available as well um and then we've got a website as well which is www.hergame2.co.uk so that's got a link to the hope and glory hoodies um i think our shirts are there might be another pre-order coming out i think maybe next month so yeah and so you know if anyone wants a christmas present um <laughs> for, like, their, their daughter. Yeah, yeah so yeah that's where we're at um but no, just I would just say for anyone who's on social media who's a young football fan, uh, whether it's Fort Coventry or whether it's Fort anyone else, I would say just keep enjoying the game, keep going, keep speaking out about it. And if you are getting any kind of idiot saying stuff to you, just remember they're the minority. They are just people that are trying to bring you down. And you've got a lot of people out there who do support you and are willing to back the corner and, you know, obviously us at Hurricane 2, if there are, you know, situations arising, if there's any incidents, obviously we want to know. So we've got our reporting form as well. But, yeah, just um, finally, just thank you for having me on um, and being no. able to talk about the campaign and Rovers as well. No, it's been brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you, Aids. And thank you for listening.